Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to a Bucks Training Camp edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. It's time, folks, to talk about Tom Brady and the company. Boy, Tom came out firing today. He didn't waste any time looking like the best quarterback in the NFL once again. I'm Scott Reynolds, your host today. This podcast, as every Peter Report podcast, is energized by Celsius and holy smokes, I had two Celsius today before two o'clock. It's been one of those days. Uh, joining me are two familiar faces who are at Bucks training camp with me, the talented and popular Casey Hudson and JC Allen. Folks, how are we doing today? What's up, guys? Long time, no see. Yeah, I know. Yeah. A couple of hours. <laughs> right? I'm just, we're back out on the field. Tom's throwing passes. We're hearing cadences, you know, sweating a little bit. But, hey, you know, anytime you get to see football in person, it's back. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And okay. and uh, let's, let's start off by talking about the offense because usually, at least in the past, my experience covering this team, the defense has been ahead of the offense in the first week of training camp. That was not the case today whatsoever. Tom Brady came out firing. Even Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask had their moments. And the wide receivers, boy, we didn't see Chris Godwin today because he is not on the PUP list, but he wasn't practicing. That's That was to be expected. We reported that yesterday on pewterreport.com. They're going to ease Godwin back into action when he's ready to go. We also didn't see Julio Jones. He got in late last night, had to sign the paperwork, get his uh, ink on the contract today. And, and then uh, we'll probably be at practice tomorrow. Um, but, boy, uh, when you look at those four wide receivers atop the depth chart, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Julio Jones, now the best fourth wide receiver in, in the NFL, the other wide receivers today, all ten of them, vying for those final two or three spots on the roster, they stepped up today made some big plays, did they not, Casey? Oh, yeah. I feel like it was very obvious that the pressure is on and the competition is high in this group because it was day one. These guys aren't even in pads. So most of us kind of mosey out there under the first day back to school excitement, ready to just see everybody together. But they came out hot and the energy was so high. Um, You know, you could already see them dialing in and, and really trying to make every play count out there. Uh, with the passes and the drills and stuff. So that was really exciting to see for just day one. I yeah. can't wait to see what happens when these guys put on pads. But as for the competition just being high, for Julio Jones to not be a part of the mix yet, for Chris Godwin not to be back, the talent's real. And it, it was obvious today. I mean, Russell Gage was very much on fire. Um, you saw some frustration with some of the younger guys who really wanted to be effective coming out the gate, but you know, still getting their feet underneath them. So I will say that it's going to be – a real interesting competition in this wide receiver group. Yeah, JC, a couple of players that that were holdovers that know this this offense inside and out that made some big game winning touchdowns last year. We're talking about Brashad Perriman. He probably had the the first big play of the day, a deep bomb getting behind Logan Ryan, the safety, holding it a beautiful pass from Tom Brady. 
Yeah, that was a, that was obviously one of the first you know big plays. The crowd was going crazy. Another guy who was game winning plays, as you mentioned, was our was our friend at the, of the podcast, Hero Grayson. Yeah, he made yes. a beautiful one handed grab in the back of the end zone. Zion McCollum all over him in in coverage. So that was great. But you know, I, I love to highlight it. But there's also a little bit of some miscues going on there too, as yeah. expected in the first. Well, hey, let's let's hold on here. That's Hero Grayson. Touchdown was was a, a beautiful throw from the best looking quarterback in Tampa, Blaine <laughs> Gabbard. We have to mention that and do the obligatory Blaine Gabbard picture for everybody. Uh, yes. But but I, I'll say this: it was a, a beautiful one handed catch. And then whoops, we also saw um, Scotty Miller, uh, some of, of the the young players as well. Devin Tompkins had some nice grabs. Jalen Darden. Uh, these receivers, you could feel. Casey, as you said, the pressure is on yeah. for these particular spots. It's one thing when when uh, there's ten guys competing for three or four jobs. Now it's it's ten guys competing for two or three, right. and and we'll see how how they they progress. There there was kind of a log jam too of some of those guys in the wide receiver room fielding punts, mm -hmm. and we saw uh, several players out there. JC, give us some of those names. Yeah, I mean, starting with a non-wide receiver, Rashad White was back there. But if you looked at the wide receiver, Russell Gage was back there. Scotty Miller was back there. Kalen Geiger, Devin Tompkins, obviously Jalen Darden. There was uh, about eight or nine guys back there all trying their hand at the punt return, which which we know the Bucks are going to throw everybody at the wall and see who sticks. Yeah. Right now, I think it's Jalen Darden's job to lose as we head into the first week of camp because he's the incumbent returner. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be competition, not just at the wide receiver spot, but for, with those wide receivers at the punt return spot too. We all know the old saying, the more you can do, that's the right. better your chances to make the roster. And we saw that a lot of those those wide receivers are throwing their name in the ring for a punt return, whether they either volunteered for or were asked by the coaches. They're trying to prove their worth here, and we'll see some more special teams action. Who's who's going to be on, on as a gunner? Who's going to be trying to make a case for uh, a, a roster spot by yeah. not only contributing on the back end? Because with the top four set, Scott, those guys aren't really playing special teams. Russell Gage might right. play a little special teams, has some history in Atlanta. If you're going to be that that five, six, seven guy on the roster, your butt better be playing special teams or they're going to find someone who can. That's right. Casey, let's talk about Julio Jones. We had a chance to, to interview him today. Todd Bowles said some great things about him. Uh, one of the things that really caught my attention that Bowles said was, we needed somebody to replace Gronk's catches. And yes. it just seems to me this is a wide receiver-driven offense. We all know part of the reason why Julio Jones was signed, and Bulls even admitted it. We just ran out of wide receivers at, at the end of this season. It also happened in 2019. It, it, the Buccaneers were fine at wide receiver in 2020. That's why they won the Super Bowl. Right. But but uh, you know it, it's worth noting that that Jason Light and Todd Bowles said, let's not wait until midseason to go find somebody if we need somebody. Let's just stock it up now. And and lock in the wide receivers that we're going to have and, and get a good one in Julio Jones. But but the interesting thing about about this uh, is uh, and we heard from Kyle Rudolph too. We'll talk about him in a second. But but Casey, it just seemed to me like we might see more four wide receiver sets. Oh, absolutely. I think it would be tough for them not to with this loaded you know roster that they're about to have the wide receiver group and. While this is a very unselfish group, you do see how much everybody wants to contribute. And a guy like Julio Jones, 
you know, very humble press conference, very jokey. Like it was nice to kind of, you know, get a feel for him and, and know that he's going to be a guy. He kept referring to the fact that he wants to mentor the younger guys in this room. So yeah. he's not just here for himself in the same sense, the ability that he has to contribute to this team and coach Bowles, even mentioning the red zone, when a lot of questions were fired off to Kyle Rudolph about being that road red zone guy, we're just, they want options to make sure that they can execute and, and get across the finish line. And I also think it was important that Bowles was saying, like, they don't want to wait till the middle of the season to just grab any wide receiver. They wanted a good one. So they have trust in his health. He says that he's healthy. Everybody, you know, that's concerned about him being so cooked. That's not the impression at the moment. So there's a lot of hope riding on what Julio Jones can contribute to the wide receiver room. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how those rips, those, those rips, <laughs> I need water, how those reps get divvied up when they start getting more into a quicker pace coming here um, because there's just too much talent to spread against. But I definitely think that we're going to see a lot of four set out there and then maybe even some interesting plays. You have room to do that. Now that you have a tight end, that's more reliable, all these wide receivers, the running back room is starting to come together a bit more. So at least we should be seeing less predictability when it comes to the Bucks playbook on the field. Yeah, and you know, JC, when you pay a guy like Leonard Fournette seven million dollars a year, which that's a pretty penny for for a guy that that um, you know um, it might have gotten uh, an endorsement deal from Hostess during the off season. Oh. Um, well, I'm just saying. I mean, he he was he was overweight, you know, but he did a great job slimming down. We'll get to Leonard in a second, but but for the running game, whether whether it's it's him or Rashad White or or you know Keyshawn Vaughn, Giovanni Bernard, whoever's out there. Um, I think Bulls wants to run the ball more, but that doesn't have to – you don't have to do it in, in a two-tight end set. And I think that was part of of the predictability with Arians and, and Byron Leftwich is is they're going to go two-tight end and, you know, probably going to run the ball. And, of course, you have Gronk. You have to keep in mind when you had him, he was a viable weapon in uh, in the passing game as well. They could do some play action with that. But another way you can run the ball, JC, is at a four wide receivers and and and, and have a, a nickel or a dime defense to run against. I mean, when you got a big back like Leonard Fournette and, and you have one linebacker on the field, right? And, and all those those targets spread the field like that. I mean, to me, that's when you can really run the ball. Right. And I think with Julio coming in here, you're right, six million dollars a year for Julio. Julio, he's making the team. He's going to have a pivotal role on this team. And I think what he does, and he said it himself, someone's, how do you think play, uh, teams are going to play you? I think they're going to play a lot of zone. Because yeah. when you have all four of those wide receivers on the field at, at one time, you can't double anybody necessarily. And right. it opens up everything, whether it's it's a running back or even a tight end or, or whatever you're doing. If you have a running back on the field, especially someone like Leonard Fournette, who you can swing out into the slot, yeah. or, or Rashad White, who can use anywhere on the field, right. it, it's going to open up so much underneath. And even though they don't have a tight end on the field to help block, you have to remember, too, that with this offensive line, you have a road grader at right tackle. You have mm-hmm. a road grader at center. And they just got probably the best, if not one of the top three run blocking guards on that right side. So that right side is ready to run. Like, and, and with Fox on the left left guard too, whoever's going to win that job is already we know is already a, a better run, a, 
uh, run blocker than they are a pass blocker, which is something they're all going to need to little work on. Um, so, like, this line is set for them to run. And if you can run it in a nickel or dime package with four wide receivers bringing everybody out, out, out of the picture, like, yeah, this running yeah. game should have more success. We saw how much Bulls ran the ball, too, today. There was an emphasis on that. Yeah. Um, and when you have all four of those guys out there, there should be some nice holes for Lenny, Gio, Keyshawn, Rashad, whoever's running the ball, to pick up some serious yardage. You're right. And and speaking of, of Leonard Fournette, uh, he showed up today, at reportedly 245 pounds. Notice right? So that nice, you know? Yeah, he's felt. Yeah, for sure. He's he's uh, trimmed down. And and the the thing about uh, Fournette is is that you can kind of tell that the Todd Bowles likes Leonard Fournette. Just, you know, I've been doing this this in a long time. You kind of you kind of read the room a little bit. You kind of you, you understand what how a coach uh, speaks about a player and he spoke glowingly about Leonard a couple of times during that opening press conference today. And and I think that the big takeaway is uh, he said he, he Leonard Fournette's in, in game shape. You know, he he is is a uh, He's ready to roll right now, and so I, I think that that uh, you know he probably has a couple pounds left to shed. Todd Bowles did not seem concerned about that at all today, and said he's in game shape. So I, I think you are going to see a pretty healthy dose of Leonard Fournette on all three downs. That's not to be surprising uh, after what happened last year, uh, folks. What what was a little surprising to me was the fact that I woke up at four thirty this morning. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't plan on it. My alarm was set for like 5:45. I just kind of woke up. And listen, this is training camp 27 for you folks. You were excited. You missed a lot. Yeah. A lot. Little bit, but, That's definitely exciting. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Uh, Arctic vibe. I needed this at 4:30 this morning. There's no <laughs> doubt. And and then I, I had a peach vibe at about two o'clock. So. Uh, thankfully for Celsius, I'm. This is Celsius powers the Peter Report podcast, as you know. But legitimately powered me today. I tweeted out uh, this morning uh, what the game plan was. I knew it was going to be a two Celsius day, and it was. So, folks, I was vibing, and you got to make sure that you vibe too. The new Arctic vibe flavor is fantastic. Tropical vibe is always in my top five rotation. Peach vibe is a great go-to when I want to change up. It's, it's not a, a top five flavor for me. It's definitely a top 10. But I loved it this afternoon at 2 o'clock, and folks, it worked. Why did it work? Because Celsius gives you essential functional energy to power your active lives uh, every day. Seven vitamins uh, and, and no preservatives, no sugar. That means you get all the energy without the sugar crash. And so where can you find Celsius? Well, go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, Put in your address and they'll find you'll find all of these different uh, health and fitness stores, grocery stores, convenience stores around you. Go grab a couple cans, try some different flavors. Once you find the ones that you like, do what I do. Order them online in bulk at Amazon. You save money that way with the subscribe and save option. And they ship them right to your door, folks. Celsius, lots of great fruit flavors. And I tell you, don't sleep on the cola flavor either. If you like cola, it's a great afternoon Celsius that uh, it tastes like some of, of the, the name brand uh, soft drinks with that cola flavor. And again, no sugar, no preservatives. That means no sugar crash. Well, uh, we did see 
uh, at least I saw one crash and burn type situation at the very end of practice. And, and it, it, the practice was supposed to end at 10 o'clock today, but they went a little bit longer. And Kyle Trask took most of those practice periods. They they have really ramped up his his reps as to be expected. We still saw a healthy dose of Blaine Gabbert as the number two quarterback. Trask is working with the number threes. Ryan Griffin is not going to get any snaps until Tom Brady has a day off. Well, that, that's <laughs> but I don't know if you guys saw – uh, JC, you might have been out there at, at the yeah. end of practice. Kalen Geiger was wide open. Wide deep open. Shot about, he's about the 10 yard line. Ross Cockrell in coverage and just blown coverage <laughs> through the blown opportunity right through his hands. I will so. say that last whole stretch was not the best for the, the Bucks were on fire uh, yeah. right up and down. The defense definitely got the better of them, which is kind of. Um, it's exciting because the defense later in the practice, it's hotter. You've been sweating. The yeah. defense really stepped up because Tom Brady, in the second part, yeah. Tom Brady went 0 for 4 in that last in his last series uh, with an over overthrow to Gage. He, uh, Rudolph made a nice catch in traffic, but Devin White closed in and knocked the ball out of his hands. Cyril Grayson dropped the dropped the bobbling catch. Covered in tight coverage by Antoine Winfield, and another one Gage uh, dropped with close coverage in between Levante David and, and Edwards closing in on him. So he struggled, and then then it was even worse from there. Blaine Gabbert struggled struggled with an incompletion uh, with uh, number twenty two. Who uh, Keanu Neal got his hands on the ball, knocked it away. Uh, Anthony Nelson would have had a would be sack. Then. Uh, KJ Britt stormed through, would have had a would-be sack. He had a nice catch. Uh, Scotty Miller had a nice catch to round out his four plays of that. And then, as you mentioned, the Geiger. And then to, to end it, it didn't get much better right after that Geiger drop because uh, I know you saw it from, yep. from over in the media area. But uh, nice pick uh, from Corey, uh, Chris Cooper to end practice on that note. And w one thing I was telling, we have a new intern. That, that interception was on Kyle Trask. It was on Kyle Trask, yes. Not on Blaine Gabbert. Sorry, I didn't want to offend Scott. The team Blaine. <laughs> I, I will say, it, the funny thing, though, was for me, and I was we have a new intern. I was telling him as we were walking over to the media tent, um, if that was a Bruce Arians practice, the offense is getting one more shot. The yeah. offense is getting one more shot to correct that play. Yeah. Todd Bowles, he's like, defensive interception. This <laughs> We're done. Defense right. one series. So it was, it, was, it was something to watch. You know, It was, it was interesting to watch because you know – Bruce doesn't want his offense going out like that. That's but right. It's fine with his defense going out like that. <laughs> yep. Uh, good question here from Appreciable Assets. Scott, does Julio's addition to the team change the strategy for defeating the Saints as per your column? Yeah, I, I think as JC kind of alluded to, he's another bigger body out there that can block. Uh, so I, I think even if you go three wide receivers, four wide receivers, you can still run out, run out of that pretty easily. And again, what you're doing is spreading out the the Saints defense and 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 really you know making them play honest and uh, you know are the Bucks going to throw the ball they're going to run it there's so many different formations now with with all of these wide receivers and and having a bigger guy like Cooley he's not, he's not the best blocker neither is is Mike Evans Chris Godwin's the best blocker on this team Cyril Grayson per the coaches is actually the second best blocker uh, Evans can get the job done Julio can get the job done so I I, I do think I mean, Casey, if you're the Saints, I, I know they're not they're not afraid of the Buccaneers. 
because we've beaten them the last seven straight times in the regular season. But they have to be having some raised eyebrows now in the in the bayou. I would say that some of <laughs> some of the new faces on this team would probably raise a little bit more fear on their side. Um, more importantly, at least just from the games that I saw last season, and it's gonna be it's gonna come down to the Bucks defense being consistent and being solid. There was just a lot of plays left out on the field, in my opinion, um, yeah. last year. So you know, kind of circling back to what JC was saying about. Bucks defense kind of, you know, having the upper hand in practice and, and whatnot. I think that's a great look for day one. And I think that there's a lot of cleanup that the Bucks defense needs to do from last season because everyone was coming in expecting the 2020 defense right. to rise to the occasion once again. And, you know, they fell short. And I think that they feel that more than anything. So a Saints victory is going to come down to a consistent, solid defense. You can't just hold these guys off. But in, in another sense, we saw that crappy game where Tampa Bay just couldn't score. So, yeah, yeah you there needs to be a lot of differences. But I think that the, that the Bucks have a better chance this season. I think that they have learned a lot from so many shortcomings last season. And to be so close and not close enough at the same time, that's a wound that's just – you don't heal that until you get that victory under your belt. So Yeah. You know, I, I wrote about uh, on Peter Report – uh, this morning about how Jason Light and Todd Bowles, they're not fooling around. I mean, they're just not. It's one thing to sit there and say, okay, we're going to get Kyle Rudolph to come in and replace Rob Gronkowski, but they're not fooling around. They, they, they saw what the Rams did last year, guys. They, The Buccaneers got praised and lauded for bringing back the Super Bowl team pretty much intact, but it wasn't good enough. I mean, they went 13-4, and four, but they just weren't deep enough at some positions to withstand some injuries, especially a wide receiver and right tackle, to match up with the Rams. And you and you look at what the Rams did during the season, bringing in the likes of Odell Beckham, right, bringing in uh, Vaughn Miller, and and those two players really pushed the Rams over the top because the Rams had a, a damn good team. They were in the Super Bowl. They lost to Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. A couple of years back, and, and of course they made the big trade for for Matthew Stafford. So, I, while the Buccaneers kind of stood pat, and it's hard to to knock them, right? When you win a Super Bowl with those guys, you you kind of assume that 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 they're going to be, uh, you know, re, retooled and refueled to come back and 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 make another run at it. But I think that the problem is is they ended up standing pat. And they're not doing that this year. They're they're upgrading, right? Akeem Hicks and Logan Hall, I believe, are going to be an upgrade over in Dominican Sue, who's thirty five, right? And and and, uh, and Steve McClendon, right? And and they've, you know, uh, whether it's Logan Ryan or Keanu Neal, whichever player you want to look at, they're better than Andrew Adams, you know. I mean, right. and, and so they they've made a lot of of upgrades. JC, you asked about we had a super chat question there about the outside linebackers, right? Todd Bowles was kind of non-committal today, but I've been I've been hearing the name Carl Nassib getting bantied about a little bit. I don't know that they're that they're going to sign him, but I know that that he's one of those guys being discussed because he and Shaq Barrett played off each other so well in the 2019 season. And he knows the system. He knows the defense. He knows most of the coaches. He knows a lot of the players on the team. And I think now with the Julio Jones cutting into that large chunk of what they had available, probably a little bit around 
five or under five million or under they have left available. I think if you're looking at a, a Carlos Dunlap or an Anthony Barr, they might not want to come in for that much. I think they're probably looking for a little bit more established veterans. Um, and I think same thing with maybe Trey Flowers, maybe because of his injury history, you can get him on a cheaper deal. But I think Nassib is a guy who'd come in here for two and a half with some incentives or something similar to Kyle Rudolph's deal. You know, he got the bag with Oakland uh, or Las Vegas, whichever one it was when he signed there. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they they kind of just buried him. They had Cleland, Cullen, Farrell. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember bus names. And then they brought in Yannick Yungagwe. And like, yeah. so they didn't really give him, they gave him the money, but then they didn't give him the opportunity. So he's, he's got some good money that he made the last two seasons. And I think when you're looking at comfortability wise, what he knows he can do, what he knows that, because this is his best season with Todd Bowles, what he knows yeah. that Todd Bowles is going to put him in a position to succeed and also potentially get a ring, play with Brady and his potential last I mean, there's just, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, for, for I agree. to come here. Uh, Casey, uh, uh, Emily Kampa, one of our, our longtime um, uh, viewers to the Pewter Report podcast, she says hello. Hi, Emily. She's not exactly sold on the Julio Jones signing. Um, you, you were there for the press conference sitting next to me. What, what did you like about what Julio had to say? Of course, it's about what he's going to do and can he stay healthy. But what did you what, what resonated from the Julio Jones uh, press conference uh, to you? I would say starting things off, we noticed from the the draft class that these that the Bucks brought in that right now character is really high up for them on the list. So to come in, yeah, you could see a bit of his witty banter and stuff at first, but he, he made jokes, he made it light, he made it, you know, inviting. Um, but more importantly, every question that he answered, he just kind of circled back to the fact that like, he's not just here for him. He right. knows he has confidence in what he's going to do. And he did kind of have a one little basically like one response that said, I'm just going to focus on me and success is self-determined. Um, right. And I guess I was just kind of trying to quiet out the cooked responses. I'm sure he's seen everything the minute yeah. the signing was in discussion, but it's the fact that he's not here for himself. And it sounded like that was a precedence he was trying to make right from the beginning. He also talked about the fact of what knowledge he can instill in the guys you know, below him and the younger guys and how much he wants to help and nurture them. And I think that's huge because he's on a one-year deal. So if he really can contribute education-wise and, and football-wise to these younger guys and help them be um, and have success with the Bucks the year after he's gone or the year after that, that's huge. So I would say that in terms of conversation, he seems to fit the character profile as of right now. We know that, you know, temperatures flare when the season goes about. And then it's just the fact of, you know, um, look back at what Julio Jones did before injury and different, you know, recoveries, different uh, training regimens that helps players succeed in, in, in a completely different manner. So hopefully, you know, a lot of these guys have also learned how to take care of their body differently because of Tom Brady. There was multiple press conferences last year where guys said that they take care of their body differently they don't just view their body as something to just get out on the field and punish it anymore. They're looking at the bigger picture and trying to have longevity. So maybe that's something that can play into him, you know, and build off of the health that he claims to have and that Todd Bowles sees in him. Right. So if we can see a healthy Julio Jones from four, five, six years Ooh. ago, that's yeah. going to be a factor. <laughs> yeah. If he can get back to form, look out. You know, JC, <laughs> one of the running themes today, and we heard it also from Kyle Rudolph, right? He He's been – close to the Super Bowl 
and just hasn't gotten there yet. The reason why he's signed with Tampa Bay, obviously Tom Brady, but he wants to win a ring. And, of course, Tom Brady is probably the best guy uh, <laughs> to help him get that because he's done it more than anybody. But you look at, at the, the common theme for some of these guys that were brought in, the Akeem Hicks, the Kyle Rudolph, Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan did win a Super Bowl with, with Tom Brady up there in New England. Uh, but but there's there's some hungry guys, hungry veterans here on this team that have not had the chance to win a Super Bowl. I mean, Julio Jones, Keanu Neal, both of those guys were up on Tom Brady and the Patriots before the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history happened. 28-3, never forget. Right. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I think that, that this is a hungry team for the Buccaneer players that still have a bitter taste in their mouth from that – that lost to the Rams. Then you bring in these rookies. They feel the sense of urgency. And then you bring in these newcomers, these free agents, and they come with a sense of urgency. Right. Yeah. So it, it just, it kind of feels like, like the energy and the hunger is just amped up in Bucks camp this year, JC. Right. And it's not only that. I mean, you hear Hicks talk about in his introductory press conference with this too. He's like, you know, he brings that, energy that experience and logan ryan brings that experience a lot of these guys either bring that experience with brady on getting there winning one or, or getting close to winning one and then the rookies as you mentioned they know like they can't it's not this isn't a five and six uh five and whatever bucks team five and eleven bucks team this is a bucks team that's going to the super bowl so if you're gonna make an impact you're gonna perform on this team you need to have that sense of urgency you need to get in here you need to be nosing the playbook nosing the installs and go out there and perform to the, the top level of your ability because if you're not you're gonna get passed by they're not waiting around for you to develop this year they've got enough veterans that they'll throw those guys in the mix ahead of you and you'll just be almost as a red shirt year so the thing about julio too is his press conference was so much more like uplifting and light and you could tell he was comfortable when you watch his press conferences when he got traded to the titans especially his yeah. early ones there was just a sense of like dismay about him and you can tell that he's he's really uh he went from matt ryan to ryan Tannehill. So. Uh, right he's really, cool. he's really kumbaya right now to steal an antonio brown word <laughs> you know and I, feel like I, I think that he as case said he's going to be such a great mentor to the young guys and there's just so much um so much like cohesion that's going to go on with this team because they all have one goal in mind. You heard him say, you heard Kyle Rudolph say it, you know, there's a, the goal in mind here is, is a Super Bowl. Like that's the only thing everyone's laser focused and getting to the playoffs, making the NFC championship games, not going to be enough. It's winning the Super Bowl. And that's what, that's what's going to happen. If the Bucks can go out and perform the way they're, that they're going to, uh, that they've put themselves in the position to. Yeah. And a funny food for thought for like everybody is I don't know how many rosters have had so many players that have been close, like so close and never satisfied and never got there. And, you know, I asked Kyle Rudolph what was it like to be a part of the Minnesota Miracle and how can he bring that grit and leadership here? But there's so many guys that have been close to winning the Super Bowl and not able to. So just imagine like multiple players on your team that have that kind of grit, that angst to finally win it. They're going to do everything they possibly can. Hmm. Interesting yeah. news that just came out. Uh, the 49ers have released D Ford, apparently. Hmm. Another edge rusher to maybe keep an eye on for the Bucks yeah. if they choose to go that route. I know they want to give their guys a chance. Uh, and Bulls spoke on, you know, Ponder's development, the way he's transformed his body. But 
Yeah. That's another guy to keep a, keep a lookout for. And there could be more cuts like this as camp goes on. That's right. And, and, uh, uh, I was told by some higher ups in the organization, they're not done yet. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's not just Julio Jones that, that they're, that, that they're bringing in. Uh, the Buccaneers are, are still looking again, you go back to, we've said it before. It bears repeating 2014, a couple days before the start of the season, they claimed Jackie Smith, the defensive end off waivers, and he went out and was the second leading sacker that season. They did the same thing in 2018 before Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians got here. But Jason Light claimed Carl Nassib off of the waivers from the Browns. He came in and was second in the team in sacks. They they signed Leonard Fournette when he was cut by Jacksonville right before the start of the 2020 season. He became playoff Lenny, then Lombardi Lenny. So Jason Light, Todd Bowles, John Spitek, Mike Beal, these guys – are, are going to be glued into the waiver wire, the transactions list, and they're going to keep adding players. They're not done yet. So uh, hang on. One player who's not done yet either, Casey, and we had a chance to talk to him today, and we saw him, and we didn't know. We, know, we knew that he wasn't going to be on the PUP list, mm-hmm. but we didn't know if Levante David was going to practice, but he did, and he started, and he looked great. And the flash was running all over the field. No ill effects from that Liz Frank injury. He said he's 100%. And he's in a contract year. And looking to get back to that splashy player, he was. He was not happy with his play last year. The tackles for loss were down. He had 97 tackles. The first time in a long time that he has not had a 100-tackle season. Uh, What did you like from what uh, Levante David did on the field and, and said at the press conference? Oh, he already looks so honed in on this season. Um. I don't know if anybody else felt this when listening to him speak, but it was as if he already had all of the, the the mistakes that the defense made in his head from last season and was already focused on how to correct it this season. Um, and of course, the goal heading into any new season, obviously, but he just he really looked dialed in. He had a very determined um, approach to his press conference today, you know, not as giggly or as as joking as everybody else that we spoke to. So you can tell that the focus is really on. Of course, a lot of that probably has to do with being in a contract year. But um, between you and AC asking about, you know, the splashier plays, clearly that's something that he wants to do. I know that he probably has a lot of his own personal goals, but as a leader on this team and as you guys also asked him, with some other giant names no longer on this roster – that leadership role is going to is going to be bigger for him to fill and yeah. not that he's ever fallen short he knows how to hype these guys up. you can tell when he's absent from a game it just changes the demeanor around you know the defense and stuff but he just looked really focused he looked really like one of those guys that's going to come in be in the book on the field back in the book home rehab and then back at it the next day um a lot of tunnel vision, I would say. But I did love the fact JT took my question because I was going to ask about the dynamic duo. Are they finally returning to the Bucks this season? Are we going to see Monte David and Devin White bromance like 2020 and, yeah. and maybe in some or what? So I was glad that JC asked that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, he had a pass. The other, well, not a deflection. Technically, the guy caught it and he knocked it out of his hands. Knockdown, breakup. Pass breakup. He had a pass breakup today, too. So, you know, the splash plays that he's looking for, I mean, he made one on the first day of camp. So if you can continue to build upon that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's just going to do wonders. And, and and so is Devin White. They look uh, very much in sync um, and taking some of that, that knowledge that they've gained from Derek Brooks and, and applied to each season to make themselves better. And 
possibly the best duo in the league. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think, too, Larry Foote, I've talked about it before, but him coming right. over from outside linebackers coach, where he did wonders, right? I mean, he, every single year that Larry Foote was the outside linebackers coach, the Buccaneers had a pro bowler. In 2019 and in 2021, it was it was Shaq Barrett. And in 2020, the lone pro bowler on the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers <laughs> was Jason Pierre-Paul. So Larry Foote's a damn good coach. But the thing is, he didn't play outside linebacker in the NFL. He was an inside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme in Pittsburgh, and then also finished up his career playing for Todd Bowles. So he knows the system inside and out. And I think that that he's going to give some, some instinctive advice, whereas the teaching from Mike Caldwell was more cerebral and technical. Larry Foote's an edgy type guy. He's an energy bun- energizer bunny, very much like Devin White. They kind of speak the same language. So I think that having a different voice in his ear, not to knock Mike Caldwell, he's a great coach, going to be a, a really good D.C., I think, in Jacksonville. But just having Larry Foote in Devin's ear, I think, is going to really take him to new heights. I, Folks, while we're talking about new heights, well, I, uh, I just, you, what's go ahead. I just want to add on to that. Not sure. only, not only uh, you know, is Larry Foote a former player, he's a former player in Bruce Arian and Todd Bowles' scheme like and there because he, he played under bowls so not only does he have the experience as a former player his experience in the system that he's teaching so i think that helps a lot too so i go ahead that's okay i, I had a great transition i know everyone out up for for the Excellent. my bookie ad read and you just blew it jc but that's okay i'm going to do the my bookie ad read right now that's the that's the quick witty transition right there so folks listen uh i've used my bookie for years now Peter Report has also had my bookie as an advertising partner for years. Coincidence? I think not. But folks, the reason why I'm still a my bookie customer is because their app is fantastic to use. Uh, I love the interface. I love everything about my bookie. I just wish I could pick the winners a little bit more often. That's not my bookie's fault. That's that's mine. But listen, whether you're a newcomer to sports betting or a veteran in the game, if you're still looking for a place. To play the odds and bet to win, join the MyBookie community. MyBookie is the best place to bet on all your favorite sports from Major League Baseball, which is going on right now, to the NFL, NHL, NBA, UFC, and beyond. They've got the odds for the events so you can raise your stakes on your terms. Worried about inflation? Hey, MyBookie is pumping up your betting power by matching half of your initial deposit up to $1,000 with the promo code Pewter. So deposit $200 and play with an extra $100 extra in house money. So whether you're a diehard fan or a casual better, the MyBookie community welcomes you. Sign up today, put your money where your mouth is, and don't forget to use that promo code Pewter to get a first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Whatever you put in, they're going to meet you halfway, and that is a bet worth making. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie beautiful beautiful recovery <laughs> nailed it guys uh, what else stood out to you uh, we, we've touched on a lot of the the, the major things right uh, uh what, what are some of the little little nuances or certain plays that stood out uh, anything that that caught your attention that we haven't covered yet well i think aaron stinney getting the first reps at, at left guard i think that was as expected but uh seeing robert haynes get all the second string reps at center only and not get any of those at left guard was kind of interesting 
Um, I know they're going to have a difficult time, I feel like, working all three slash four of those guys, if you count Leverett and uh, in, in with Gadecki into getting reps there. But I thought that was interesting. Hainsey looked flawless snapping the ball. Um, yep. I, I think last year was absolute wonders for him. Obviously, with Jensen locked up throughout his rookie deal. He might not get that opportunity to, to snap. Um, but I, that was interesting. I was definitely looking at that because I think – AC, if you look at, at Hainsey's calves, they're not as massive as some of his teammates. right? Look at Jack <laughs> Mason. They're bigger. Yeah, they're, they're getting there, right? They don't, they're not like little twiggy legs like he used to have. Uh, Shaq Mason is – is the shortest offensive lineman on the team. I think he, uh, you know, is, is what around six one or maybe six two, uh, but you know his calves are about as big as as his thighs. I mean, he's just, his lower body is so impressive. But Hansy is getting there. You can see the transformation that he's he's undergone from being a right tackle to an interior lineman. It's it's not that that different, Casey, from what we saw over the years when Alex Kappa was a left tackle at Humboldt state more of that, that longer, leaner physique. And then, you know, you, you gotta have some junk in the trunk. You, you gotta, you gotta have some, uh, you know, the, the glutes, the quads, uh, you know, th that, that torso, you, you gotta have that lower, lower torso built to anchor. And I think we're seeing that now at a handsy. Oh, bulk and cut. No, I'm kidding. The O-line was really good. Um, Again, as I said a hundred times, especially for day one, I think I was just really impressed with how day one looked as a whole. Um, I would be interested to continue to see how that left tackle competition pans out. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some left guard Friday, left guard, sorry. Um, a, how that changes we, up by we Friday. Don't hear people thinking that uh, Donovan Smith's in jeopardy. He's, right? No, 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 not Smith. Dude's ready to go. Um, yeah. But yes, left guard. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some some decent changes come Friday uh, when it comes to circulating that competition. But in terms of what stood out to me today, two things. Um, I think we'd be remiss not to give a shout out to Rashad White. He just had an energy about him. And I think that kind of circles back to the training camp diaries that you guys have had the pleasure of doing. Um, yeah. If there's anything that he has set a tone for today is the fact that he's here to compete and yeah. um, make his presence known. I mean, he was ready to go for every rep that he was given. He yeah. really, you know, tried to execute all out. And that's definitely something you want to see from a newer guy, but you also want to see a guy who's going to produce and stand up to the, to the things that he says. And so far so good. Unfortunately, and I feel like this has to be addressed because there's many Pewter Report Scotty fans like myself. Um, I'm nervous for Scotty Miller. He he looked a little flustered today. He's one player that it looks like the pressure has gotten to him about um, what's going on in the wide receiver room. So I'm going to be interested to see if he can come back and kind of have his head on. I think that, you know, Julio Jones made a good point. I had the pleasure of asking him, you know, you've referred to coaching up and mentoring these younger guys, what advice would you give them? And he said, you have to forget. Like when you make a bad play, when you do something wrong, when you have that mental error, you have to forget it and move on or else it affects the rest of your practice, the rest of a game and so on and so forth. So maybe that's a conversation that'll take place when Julio Jones is getting acclimated and looking over today's film or something that takes, you know, a conversation that they have first thing tomorrow morning. But unfortunately, Scotty looked a little flustered to me today. And I want to see, a, a confident Scotty out there. I want to see a guy who feels like he can compete. So yeah, we're all good training camp. Yeah. One, one last thing about that picture I threw up there about the offensive lineman. One of the new things that they debuted at practice are these, these uh, padded helmet covers that slide mm -hmm. over 
they're almost like shock absorbers. And not every Buccaneer player had them, but the linemen did. Offense and defensive line for sure. The tight ends had them. Uh, let's see. I think we got a picture of, of uh, yeah, here's here's a close-up of Kyle Rudolph. So you can see these are, these are similar to the pads inside the helmet. They also have these pads over the top of the helmet, and they just kind of snap in place. And so you can take them on and off. But uh, this is this is a, a concussion preventative measure. A lot of colleges have had these for years. Uh, I'm a Kansas State alum, and K-State has had these for probably five, six years maybe. And, and I'm kind of surprised it's taken the Buccaneers and some of these NFL teams as long as they have to have these because offensive linemen, they get concussions, man. You, you're banging heads right off the bat. The, DeMar Dotson had a, a, a big concussion that kept him out a couple weeks. Ali Marpettis had one recently. That's part of the reason why he wanted to retire. He didn't want any more concussions. Two back-to-back so, seasons, he had him. Uh, exactly, yeah. So uh, it's it's great that they're doing this. Obviously, you're not going to have them on game days, but no. practice. Imagine. In training, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, what, just to piggyback on Scotty, I mean, yeah, he, he bounced back a little bit and made some receptions, but he gave up, you know, not concentrating. I don't know what was going on in his mind, obviously, but didn't didn't reel in the ball and, and out of all people, Carlton Davis came up with a tip ball interception off Scotty's hand. So, um, you know, I, I think he was out there on punt returns as well. Scotty does have to just put his head to the ground. And do, he does look bigger at about 10, 15 pounds of muscle. Mm-hmm. I will say that. But until pads come on, it's so difficult to judge offensive line. I know people are like, what did Gadecki look like? What did this guy look like? It's so hard until the pads come on because yeah. they really can't get to that physical nature that they're used to. I will sure. say you mentioned the competition at left tackle, and I was like, well, she's not wrong because right. I didn't see Fred Johnson at all take any left tackle snaps. Yeah, again. We still didn't right tackle, and it's funny right because tackle. And the press conference with Joe Gilbert earlier this, this offseason, he said, we know Fred Johnson can play right tackle. We want to see him play left tackle. That didn't happen at all during the offseason, during the OTAs. Which is crazy because he's got more starts in the NFL as a starter at left tackle than right tackle. Yeah. So. And that's where and the depth yeah. is really more needed, I would say, or yeah. where you would, yeah, where it's expected. So, yeah, that's what I mean by I wouldn't be surprised if we see some and switch ups come Friday, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Right yeah, we're we're gonna see Hainsey at left guard. I, they're, they're gonna do some some mixing and matching. One of the things we also saw today that kind of alluded to a little bit, if you're paying attention, some of my Peter Report uh, articles recently. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting was was playing outside corner. So has the the SMB and the slot experiment is that over? We'll see. Again, first day of camp. Many more practices to go, but the Buccaneers were going with some th- some three safety looks today. We can't get too descriptive, right? We we got to play by the rules. We're allowed right. training camp, etc. We can't get too crazy with our descriptions of where players are lining up from a personal standpoint. We don't want to give away any any secrets, but um, th- there were some three safety looks, and I'll let you all use your imagination in terms of who was lining up where. And, uh, and and we'll, we'll leave it at that for right now. But and of course you, you'll see in some of these preseason games. And uh, right. and one thing Todd Bowles did say is when he was asked about Kyle Trask when it comes to the preseason, they're going to play him a lot. Right. And I think you're going to see more Kyle Trask than Blaine Gabbert and Tom Brady combined in the preseason. Only three preseason games. Trask is going to get a, a long extended look in those joint practices uh, against the Dolphins here in Tampa, and then against the Titans in Nashville. 
But in those three preseason games, I think if you add up all the reps, Kyle Trask is going to come away with more playing time than Brady and Gabbert combined. Yeah, I think SMB, just to jump on the SMB, Scotty Miller and, and Casey, your guy, Scotty Miller had a nice redemption catch at, on him um, when he was playing outside. He was playing really off the line of scrimmage, kind of deep back, and, and uh, Scotty ran a nice comeback route and, and got a catch on him. But, you know, Kyle Trask, so far in camp, it's been Brady, Blaine, Trask. Griffin is just holding the clipboard out there. But I yeah. think this camp goes on a little bit. You know, let's knock the rust off these guys. Let's get the rust off Brady. Let's get the rust off Gabbert's arm. And then I – Kyle Trask better not have any rust on his arm. But right. I think we'll start to see a ramp up of Kyle Trask snaps, not only um, in the preseason games, but also during camp. And they'll back off on Gabbert. As you mentioned in your in your wonderfully written Fab Five, go read it if you haven't because it was amazing last week. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's what you need. You need to see Trask. Uh, you need to see him with the ones too, not with these this yeah. third unit, you know, these, you know, undrafted receivers we need to see trask how he performs with a mike Evans, how he performs under the first offensive line because to be to be fair that ball was thrown on the money the geiger today and if that was any of the other guys starting guys they're catching that ball yeah and and honestly that's probably next to the brady bomb to brashard perriman that throw that trask made down the field on the money to to geiger probably would have been this the second best offensive highlight play of the day you're watching it on, on twitter right now as a clip cut clip all day oh, really? okay yeah no, no I'm I'm saying, you're like i'm not giving trust any credit right you're all over the place <laughs> yeah. right. cyril grayson gets comes in at number two um no i yeah. totally agree i mean the good news is that you at least see a bit of a difference from kyle trask last year to this year right. um I'm sure a lot of people will be like, who do you think you are by making such a statement? But for Trask, in terms of what I saw, there's still some technique cleanup that they need to do with him. Um, I only know this because one of my best guy friends is a QB coach, and this is conversation that I've been around for way too long. So, yeah, in terms of, like, being able to successfully be the successor of Tom Brady, he has some cleanup to do. But as both of you guys said, this is the time to do it. So you're right. Today's a knock-off-the-dust day. Might be a knock-off-the-dust week. They're not even in pads yet, but oh, when yeah. it gets down to the nitty gritty, Trask needs those reps. We've seen, I think we've seen the best of Blaine Gabbert, if I'm being honest. Yeah. It's time to see what Kyle Trask will do and how he will develop. And this is the right. time to do so because they have to figure out what their future is going to look like after this season. So, so far, so good. Sure. Well, we'll and, and l- l- let me just be perfectly blunt because I, I, you know, my job is to educate, also entertain, but to educate Buccaneer fans and uh, and while the the bromance that I have uh, for Blaine Gabbert, uh, the best looking quarterback in Tampa, um, you know, it, it, I'm curious as to what Gabbert 2.0 is going to look like, right? But the thing is, is does Todd Bowles have the same affection for Blaine Gabbert that you know the Bruce Arians had? I don't know that, and, and I'm not sure that, that maybe he does, and so. This, you know, the, the changing of, of the guard at the, the head coaching position, you know, Bruce Arians has been on the record saying there's a part of me that if Tom didn't come back, I'd just roll with Gabbert and Trask, you know, and and say, kiss my ass. Or I'm going to show you guys these guys can play. Yeah. But I don't know if Todd Bowles believes in Blaine Gabbert uh, like Bruce Arians. And he doesn't know about Kyle Trask. Jason Light doesn't know about Kyle Trask. So from what I've been told, 
the main focus in this training camp, aside from preparing for the 2022 season and getting the newcomers acclimated with the offense and defense respectively, the main organizational focus of this training camp in this preseason is to find out if Kyle Trask is a viable starting option. I'm not saying the starter, but I'm saying somebody that you can put in the mix to start, right. maybe with the, with another veteran, maybe with Blaine Gabbard, I don't know. But the thing is, is they have to find out. He was redshirted last year, and that yeah. didn't well with everybody in the building. Yeah, I want to kill this notion right here, too. Like Trask had a lot of work to do to become what the Buccaneers want him in the system. Remember, everything they said, he checks up from the neck up. It was about getting the rest of him and getting him in the system, you know, taking those dropbacks because he came from a different type of style offense than what the Bucs run. So yeah. last year, I don't think that was any indication on on what they were actually looking for for him. This yeah. year, you have to know, Scott. You have to know yeah. what you have in him or at least get a sneak peek because when Brady retires, if it is this year – there's so many variables here, right? Do they need to go back into the draft? Do they need to check out the trade market? Do they need to kind of look at free agency? Right. Although the cab cabin uh, covered uh, is bare per there, but there also goes into this into the factor too that it's not just about the team; it's about what the owners want as well because they own this team. They've got yeah. a taste of a championship. They've got a taste of national coverage. They have a mm -hmm. taste of a sellout stadium that they had to put more seats in to continue right. sell out. Right. merchandise sales. Do they want to roll with a guy that we don't know what he looks like? And that's why I think it's so important to see if Trask can be the guy. If not, you have to go make a splashy move at quarterback in the draft, which is yeah. going to, of course, merchandise. People want, are excited to see him. Or you got to go trade for a veteran, whether it's Kirk Cousins, somebody else. I don't know who you do it for, but you got to well, know what Trask is now. The book report on Trask was that he's a Brad Johnson-type quarterback, and I get that. I understand. You can still win. You don't need to have, you know – yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. It, and Todd Bowles is not going to let the defense slip. I mean, it, it's gotten better. I think there's more talent on this Buccaneer defense than he's had it in any season since he's been in Tampa in 2019, his first. So if you build the defense and, it, and it's a dominant unit and you have enough weapons to where you're, the quarterback is essentially a point guard rather than a shooting guard, meaning, you know, Tom Brady is like, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, he's, he's, going to score, you know, a billion points with Brad Johnson. He was more the point guard. He was, he was more magic Johnson than Kobe Bryant. If we're keeping with the LA Lakers theme. <laughs> and when you've got a Keyshawn Johnson and a Keenan McCardell and a Ken Dilger and a Joe Jaravicious and a Michael Pittman out of the backfield and Ricky Dudley, you have all those weapons to throw to. That's all you need is a quarterback who doesn't throw the inter interceptions that kill you and just distributes the ball. And so with all of these weapons, and some of these guys are still going to be here, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Age, et cetera, right? So if Trask can be that point guard type quarterback and you've got the defense and the weaponry around him, just don't go out there and be Jameis Winston and throw 30 interceptions in a season. And you probably win and you pro you're going to win the South. And that's going to give you a chance to make the playoffs, have a home playoff game. And, and then we'll see what happens from there. The biggest variable in all of this, too, is Byron Leftwich. If Byron gets a job somewhere else as a head coach, the Bucks are almost, I don't want to say they're tied to promoting someone like a, like a Thad Lewis or a Kevin Garver to keep this offense because this is the offense that Trask knows. And now if you're bringing in a different offensive coordinator to run the offense, 
does he fit the offense that Trask has been grooming for for the past yeah. few years? So there's but, enough in uh, in-house guys. Uh, Thad Lewis, the assistant wide receivers coach, Kevin Garber, the the current receivers coach. Those are two guys that I think are being groomed to eventually take over once Leftwich is uh, you know once he moves on and gets a head coaching job and Brady retires. He doesn't speaking, bring him. <laughs> speaking of retirement. Uh, folks, if you if you haven't heard about Immunity Financial yet, I'm going to play a 30-second commercial, and you're going to hear about Immunity Financial and their retirement options. At Immunity Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track. So you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. We got to get to Colorado, JC. Got to get to Colorado. We got to go. And uh, how do you do that? How do you how do you enjoy retirement and and be able to travel the country and travel the world, or maybe even move to Colorado? My aunt and uncle did that. They retired to Colorado. It's beautiful out there. Well, you do that by making sure that you have your retirement planning, taking care of, and, and, and aligned that are going to meet your retirement goals. And the place to do that, folks, is Immuni Financial. Do what I did. I'm not just a pitch man for Immuni. I'm actually a client. Uh, the vast majority of my financial resources are with Immuni, and I can't recommend them enough. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts for your kids, and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. They've done that for me. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at immuni.com. Folks, if you already have a financial planner, a financial advisor, listen, your retirement is is precious. Make sure you get a, a second opinion, just like you would with, with a doctor. Make sure that you are having a second opinion. The folks at Immunity Financial are happy to look at, at your assets, where they are now, and see if you're on the right track. And if they are, if you are, then they'll tell you. And if not, maybe they can help you become an Immunity Financial customer. Last time I was in Colorado, I got a concussion. <laughs> what? Well, if you had one of those helmets on, you would have been fine. That's true. That's the beauty true. of learning how to snowboard and nobody teaching you. So, oh. wow, but that's daring. <laughs> that's daring. So, as we wrap up the show today, we want to thank all the Peter people for uh, for for tuning in. We've had a, a, a big crowd. Make sure you're doing what JC's doing, which is the thumbs up. Make sure you hit the like button. And you're subscribing to Peter Report TV, which is our YouTube channel. We're approaching 9,000 subscribers. We would love to get to 9,000 by the start of the season and then get to, to, to 10,000 during the season. You can help us if you're listening or watching this podcast right now, whether it's live or the, the podcast version that is housed on our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. Subscribe. It's it, there's no cost. It's a free subscription. As a matter of fact, it's just hitting a button. Hit the subscribe button, and then also hit notifications whenever we go live on Pewter Report, and you've clicked that notifications button. You'll get a notice so on your phone, so you can just tune in 
and watch us live on our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. And make sure you're hitting the like button on our videos, all of the video content we have on our YouTube channel. That helps us get in front of more Pewter people. It helps the YouTube algorithms. So it puts us more uh, in line with Buccaneer searches for Buccaneers content and, and all of that great stuff. So uh, real quick before we get out of here, JC, what's one thing you're looking for tomorrow in camp and Casey, let's let's hear one from you as well. Uh, ladies first, JC. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Wait, he said ladies first and then I'm JC. Not for that. I'm not falling for that. Scott's been a joke. If you're day. paying attention, Casey, ladies, <laughs> ladies first. You you take the floor. Um, what I'm looking forward to most, day two. Let's see if the energy from today continues into tomorrow. It's exciting to return, but you know, how long is this gonna? can keep up for and as much as people are really looking forward to the wide receiver group I'd like to kind of focus more on defense I want to see what's going on in the defensive line there's a lot of excitement between you know what Logan Hall will do and you know the structure and everything that's going to come about there so I would say inside linebackers and, and D line is something I'm really excited to see tomorrow Julio. I want to see Julio Jones I want to see if he's see, there, if he's okay. there. But I, I, I want to see Julio Jones. I want to see what number he's wearing. I'm very intrigued by that. I want to <laughs> see what he looks like um, in and out, cutting in and out of his breaks. I want to see uh, his running speed. I want to see if he catches any passes from Tom Brady, even if he's not yeah. out there doing seven on sevens or eleven on elevens. Because, like he said, he's got to learn the install. I literally just got here last yeah. night. Right. Uh, I want to see him off to the side, like we saw Kyle Rudolph taking catch, uh, making passes. Um, from from Tom Brady while they were warming up, I want to see that Brady to the Jones connection for the first time. I, you know, that's that's obviously I think something that everybody wants to see. But I also want to see some. I want to see some more Jose. I want to see some Jose Borgales. Yeah, like I've got the kicks today. I want to see Jose do it. And right. yeah, I just want to see consistency across the board. I want to see the same energy, the same tempo, and I want to see some more consistency. Um, I want to see some splash plays uh, and uh, whether that's on defense or offense. That's a great one, one item, JC. Uh, you, oh, yeah. you're, you're like the kind of guy who goes to the express 10 items or less checkout uh, at the, at the grocery store with like 25 items. And you're yeah. like, you're like, I think this might be 10, but it's really like 25. <laughs> and like the old lady last years is looking at like, can't you count young man? Don't you know your, your arithmetic? You guys know I don't math well, so I mean, I, I know I, I don't I don't do math either. Bottom line, you want to see some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but I, I'm kind of in line with Casey on this. I'm a defensive-minded guy, like Todd Bowles. I want to see more interceptions. It was great seeing Carlton Davis get one off of a, a tip pass, um, and, and then Kyle Trask got got picked at the end of practice. I want to see more interceptions. I think this secondary is capable of getting their hands on more passes. And it starts in practice. So I want to see more takeaways, more splash plays from the defense. They really got their asses whipped at the beginning of practice. They rebounded nicely. But this is Todd Bowles' team now. And I think he wants to see his defense start off a little faster tomorrow. Yep, I agree. All about well, defense. This, this hour has flown by. The good thing is, is we've got another show tomorrow. So like 23 hours from now. Uh, we, we're going to have another Peter Report podcast. Matter of fact, I'm going to throw up our schedule here real quick just so y'all can uh, can play along. So uh, here we are Wednesday. This show is done. We've got two more shows coming this week, tomorrow at 4 p.m., and then a Friday show because the Bucks practice on Friday. Now, the Bucks practice on Saturday, but we're not doing a Saturday podcast because we do four a week. 
But the good news is we've got four more podcasts coming at you next week. But note the dates, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they were taking Thursday off and then Friday because the Buccaneers are taking Thursday off also. So that's our schedule for the next uh, six podcasts starting tomorrow at four o'clock Eastern. So for Casey Hudson and JC Allen, I'm Scott Reynolds saying thanks so much for watching the latest edition of the Peter Report podcast. Folks, it was the best show we've ever done that I mentioned that. I think tomorrow's is going to be even better. So make sure you're here at four o'clock Eastern time. We'll be back for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast.